Actually, do you want to do the 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 intro to this one? You, you want to hit that? <laughs> I know. You do no. You do the intro. It's your fucking podcast. Just just say welcome to RSF Radio. You want me to say that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Hello, everyone. Welcome to RSF Radio. All right, folks. Uh, very special featuring of RSF featuring <laughs> featuring very special guest Joe Monday. Yep. I'm now I am now the new host. You've commandeered this podcast and I have to jump ship. Uh, yeah. But no, uh anyway folks, What's welcome that? to RSF Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and I have a very special guest. Born free on the show. You know him. You know what he does. Well, I got sponsored by all of you guys once. Yeah, so. that did happen. That did uh, happen. But also, uh, I should say, uh, a little bit of little background information for people who are just listening to this show that we are live on Born Freeze Twitch. Yeah, and I'll probably upload this as well. Yes, so that's all well and good. Uh, so we're going to talk about stuff that's been coming up in FGC news and just the, the subreddit in general. Uh, but before I do that, I spent some time in London, by the way. When? Uh, like all of last week. Really? I did all of last week in London, and then I had a, a day or so of Amsterdam. Oh, wow. Which was great. By the way, London's real cool. That's a cool city. It is actually a very cool city. My cat has woken up. I spent a lot of time like in the, the Soho region, which was, like, from what I'm told, pretty pretty uppity. But Yeah, Soho is... I mean, basically... Sorry, my cat is... He wants attention right now, so he's he's here. Goki the cat, yeah. Um, Soho. I mean, I used, I went to university University College London, and that's the closest university to Soho. So it's pretty much a. I don't know. Most colleges are party. Co- oh my god. Most part. Most most colleges are party colleges, and uh, University College London is definitely definitely one of those because it's right there. That uh, makes, yeah. that makes sense. Soho is a cool place. I just you know I got sick of all that when I was like when you're 18 and you're trying to get into clubs and they got somebody at the door who fucking picks you. Um, yeah, most, I saw a lot the, of that and that's kind of I'm not cool with that shit. That's not. It's the most degrading fucking bullshit. It's yeah. like I've got some wank. Am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Oh yeah, yeah. It's fuck fucking swear all you like. We're all right, yeah. So it's like a podcast to, for kids. I, when you go to these clubs, way. you got some asshole who you know often has like a fucking an actual I don't know what they have. They're like a fucking magic wand or something which they use for pointing, like a pointer. And they're like, "You, you, you can come in, you." And it's just like, "Fuck off!" Like once you get past that, like like when you're like eighteen, you're like, mm. you're like "Oh, I really want to just get in," you know, because I don't know. I guess you you sort of. You want to be part of that crowd or whatever, and then you, there's a certain point where you just go, "This is bullshit." I don't, I don't need like to go through this fucking, you know, garbage where somebody is deciding whether I should or should not be in this club. And also, you want to typically hear the person who you're trying to like talk to. That's that's more my thing. Is... Oh, yeah, that's a definite thing. As you get older, as you yeah. get older, that's a hundred percent like. I can't do this. Like where, when they have the Twitch parties after the FGC events, a lot of do it. the Smasher ones, the ones which are like mainly Smash, 
it's like fucking glow sticks, right? And like, it's just glow sticks and fucking super fucking loud. I walk in, I'm like, nah. And I just walk straight out. Yeah, not my scene. Can't do it. Yeah, uh, it's just too aggressive. The audio, and also, there's another. There's another part about that. I used to DJ in a former life, and Me too. If, a, if a DJ isn't actually working, you know how you can tell when a DJ is actually working pretty hard and when he's just phoning yeah. it in. I I'm like insufferable in bars where I'm like, oh no, this is. Hey, by the way, everyone who's around me, I need to make. I have to let you all be aware that this guy fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like I used to DJ house a lot of house music, and I did it with records, right? And so you could see what was going on. You could see when I was mixing. You could see when I had the headphones on and all that shit. But now, honestly, I like I've lost touch with that, you know, because I left all that shit behind in the UK, and I lost time. I didn't have time for it when I had like a full time career. And uh, nowadays, I'm just. I have no idea if they were doing any work or not. Like they just got a fucking laptop and then occasionally pretend to press buttons. And there's actually people who go up who are like the DJ's mate who go up and pretend to press buttons. That shit blows my mind. I'm just like, whatever. I mean, if it gets you laid, great. Well done. If, hey, if you going can up from, this VDJ, it's not plugged yeah, in. I promise. Yeah. You. If, if, <laughs> if you go up and press buttons and pretending to do something gets you laid, congrats, then that's great. But I don't know what's going on, to be honest. It's a good tactic for that. Honestly. Maybe. I don't know. But Anyway, I, so what, <laughs> else, what else did you did, did you go to the London Dungeon? No, what is that? The you didn't go to the London Dungeon? That's always the thing, like, because I can't keep up with I've been here for twelve years, so it's hard for me to keep up with like the scene in Soho. So like I always say like go do some touristy shit, right? Because that stuff never goes away. Mm-hmm. And the London Dun the London Dungeons are good because you get well Depends what you're into, but like if you go, if you go down to the London Dungeons, you can see some pretty horrible shit. If you guys like are into people... some horrible shit, come on. Well, when people used to get tortured and shit, it's it's oh, horrific. Man. Oh, no, it's horrific. The what? You're talking about an actual dungeon. I thought maybe you were referring to like a. a I'm talking long... about a torture. I'm talking about a torture chamber. Yeah, okay. London, actual torture to... chambers. If you got actual actual torture chamber, this this is probably before America was even discovered, right? So you go down into these fucking dungeons. And in these dungeons, right, they've got, like, stuff which they used to torture people with. But the, probably one of the worst, I don't know that it's one of the worst, but it's one that, that plays on my mind all the time, is they, there's one where they've cut, like, a little cube into a concrete wall, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, the cube is big enough to throw a human being in, scrunched up, right, with their knees up on their face, right? So they're just, like, you know, scrunched up into a ball. And then they just fucking close the gated door on you and then just leave you there for like years and occasionally feed you and stuff, but you can't move. Yeah, that's, no, that's f- no good. That's no good at that's, all. That's fucked up, right? That's some seriously fucked up Claustrophobia shit. Claustrophobia is, is not good, specifically the kind that prevents movement. Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you, sir. Nope. Not being able to freely move and like you, there's nothing you can do. Like there's no, there's no you don't, you're not the Incredible Hulk. You're not going to break out of that wall. It's just not happening. Speaking of not being able to move, the the tubes sometimes were a bit much for me. I like my space. Uh, yeah. Two stories underground, and it's very hot, and 
I was wearing a jacket that day. it's just it is. But it's true. They don't they don't have um they don't have AC. No, not at all. But 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 but, but that's because it, traditionally it's never really been that hot in the UK. The summers have been getting hotter and hotter. Probably global warming or whatever. I don't know. But um, as far as like the tube goes, I I think you know compared to where I live, which is New York, I think it's a better experience. I just I because the New York one is super dirty, but it's also really expensive compared to New York. New York is like you can pay two bucks and you can go anywhere, whereas in the UK it's like zones. Yeah, but it's like it's very well organized because you, there's usually someone around that you can speak to. See, I had, uh, the, I had the opposite issue actually. Anytime I talked to or asked anyone for information, they were just like, oh, "Yeah, you could take platform four, and then and they did this like hand wavy thing." And I guess they just expected me to walk away, and I did because I'm very socially awkward. And it was just like, well, I hope I'm on the right train. I hope, hope I know where I'm going. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like four times where someone was just like, eh, you, you could take this to Oxford Circus, and then you take the the the, the Victoria Line south, and you'll be all right. Uh, I mean, that's a good accent. Um... Thank you. Yeah, I, I I mean, the thing that blows me away, so when I compare it to New York, the problem I have with New York is there's no one. Like, there's literally nobody that you can ask of anything. That's unless you, you can go to, there's usually one person in the, I don't know, on the kiosk, like, paying area, mm-hmm. and that person acts like they are, aren't, like, most of the time they act like, why are you asking me a question? I don't get it. I don't want to be bothered. Yeah, which blows my mind. They're just like, what? What? What do you? What do you want? Um, whereas in the UK, they usually have somebody on each of the platforms. I like the I like the London Underground. I think it's pretty cool. That I think is it makes true. sense. There's but, at but least one person per platform that can There's be one like, person per platform. no, you want to go on pretty... this other train. You you are headed the wrong direction. It's no. also pretty clean, and they've got you know they're it's quite very up to date with, yes, with the advertising clean. and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it can get super packed. But that's mm-hmm. just kind of the way it is. And if you're there in the summer. Uh, yeah, it can get hot too. So. But uh, we were, to... we're in this like transition time where it's like kind of cold at night over there, and so you want to wear a jacket out, but then you're you're in the tubes and it's it doesn't change temperature down there. It's still very very hot. That yeah, was, was it's. Rough. I mean, it is what it is. But you enjoyed the rest of your trip, did you? Uh, it, yeah. Speaking of dungeons, by the way. Thanks to the host, Slainman. I ended up. Hey, Slainman, it's good. Speaking speaking of geefs, he's one of the, the better geefs out there. Ah, uh, oh, well, there you go. But dungeons. So I ended up in a bar in Amsterdam at around like we showed up after one a.m. Uh, specifically because when you ask people around Amsterdam, hey, like, is there anything open? Because most places shut down early, and they're like, yeah, they shut down because of the fighting. And I didn't inquire as to what that meant. Uh, so we were just shoved off. They're like, well, if you go down the street, there's one bar that's open. I think it's like in an alleyway. You have to walk down a street and then an alley. So I was like, already, and we're not in the red light district, by the way. So it's it's nothing too seedy. So I thought. But we walked down this alley. Nothing is lit. Everything's lights are off except for this one place. There's one light on the street. And I'm... I'm not certain that it wasn't a from dusk till dawn situation. Have you seen that movie? 
Yeah. Where they enter the bar and they're like, and it, it has been a certain movie up to that point where they enter that bar and then there's a switch and it turns into a vampire killing the movie in this wacko bar. It's, it's filled with, with psychos, right? And yeah. I'll make I'll make I'll make a concession here and have the the image of the picture that I took walking down to the bathroom of this bar where they had like dolls strung up and a scythe on the wall to go to where you go pee. And that was only one of very many spooky things that they had up on the walls. And there was at least three people in all leather outfits. Oh, okay. What time but is it, But it wasn't like a BDSM bar. It was, wasn't? it was a spooky bar. A spooky bar. So when okay. you think about like some spooky shit on the walls, like creepy pictures where you're like looking at at the the boy's eyes and the boy's eyes are like they're not going to follow you but you're going to look over every once in a while and be like that is a that's definitely a ghost now this this is this is spooked this bar has been ghosted Wait, for real uh hold up what what were you were you smoking no i i actually can't because i get drug tested like all the time so uh, not okay. not for me all right not for me i don't get me wrong also, kids who are watching, because this is a PG-13 con- uh, podcast slash stream, don't fucking do drugs, kids. It's bad. It's for sinners. And you'll go to jail, definitely, and get pregnant at the same time. Unless you live in California. I just got back from California. No, how was that? It was, interesting. It, it was interesting seeing people like, uh, I actually went on this little journey into the mountains, and you could smell weed. Like no, no and if shit. it was, and, yeah, and it was people cultivating right right there the weed farms they were cultivating and just throwing it into the back of fucking vans. And initially, I was like, because it was nighttime, and the person I was with was like, oh, you know, that's they're just harvesting the weed. And I was like, I was like, what am I? Some fucking because I forgot that it was legal, right? So I was just like, what, what the fuck is this like? Is this like am I in the center of like some drug? You know, is this where all the gangs are and shit? And then I realized that it's legal and it's just kind of a weird, right? Cause you grow up, you know, you grow up your whole life. So when you smell that smell, you're like associate, I guess if yeah, you smell you it do. in the street or you smell it like wherever you, you associate it with, okay, this some sort of illegal, something is happening, right? Yeah. Whenever you smell it, you kind of give a side eye to anyone who you're with and you're like, yeah, you smell that, right? Yeah. Someone's and this was, doing this a was, weed around here. Someone's doing a weed. And then this was fresh weed being harvested and being thrown into the back of vans, it just mm. so happened that they were doing it at night, which made it feel really dodgy. Um, but it was, yeah, it was an interesting experience to to see, you know, to to smell to smell weed. Pretty much most of the places I went at some point. That's pretty rad. And also, technically speaking, and I learned this on the trip. Technically speaking, like drugs are still illegal in Amsterdam. They just kind of like allow you to do them inside. You can do them in bars, right? You can no, not all bars. Um, but you have to I like do it, it in the coffee shops that you that you get the stuff. Sorry, from. sorry, that's what I meant. The coffee shops. So you got they they got very specific coffee shops you go to. You can buy right there and you can smoke right there. Yeah, but like it's not run by like it's not a legal business. It's just one that's like they made a concession of well, if you do it like inside. It's totally legal, but if as soon as you step out that door, it is like 
It's no, it's a no go. You can't be doing a drugs in front of a police officer out there. They'll, they'll they're not going to like throw your ass in jail. They'll just be like, Hey, you punk. Like I'm taking this and going to throw it away. Cause you're being an idiot. But it's like it's it's not as legal as people think it is. I went there a long I went there a long long time ago. Uh, Beautiful city, by the way. Like the drugs is the least cool part of Amsterdam. Like yeah. real talk, that city is fucking rad. No, so it many, is. It's very so many beautiful. cyclists. It's beautiful. There's a lot of beautiful cities in in Europe. I was talking mm-hmm. to somebody about Barcelona the other day. That's a that's another one. Um, and Italy is just like. Food, food, good-looking people, amazing fashion, amazing architecture, amazing fucking countryside. Italy is like mm. dope as fuck. And also, by the way, fashion in London was kind of some of y'all are fit. I think that's the right term to use. Uh, and some, some of you are not so much. Some buck wild fashion out there. Fashion is a weird thing because, like, when I was in Europe, when I lived in England and grew up in England, I was like, okay, well, this. This is this is the fashion, right? It's the best. This is the best. And then I came to America, and I was honestly, I was like, this is terrible. Like what people are wearing, particularly blokes. I was like, well, the guys are wearing is fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was kind of funny because, like, if you like the the way back, I mean, I came twelve years ago, but like when I was wearing like my English style, which now is more prevalent, to be honest, it is uh, in in New York or in america like at that time people were like you're either english or you're gay or both um because because it was you know like most of the dudes were wearing baggy you know big old baggy pants as it were yeah you Um, wait what year was this we talking like jenko jeans here are we talking oh dude this was back in it was like 10 years ago. Yeah, so that's not that far. That's not. But yeah, it was it was not as tight a fit as as you might have otherwise. Uh, by the way, folks, welcome to the podcast where we talk about our <laughs> Street Fighter stuff and what's been going on in the world uh in fighting games. Uh and not you know being travelers of the world for the last however long 20 minutes. That's a 20 18 minute intro. That's not that bad. Well, That's I fine. mean, I'm glad you had that trip to Europe. That's awesome. No, it was really cool. Had a really good time. It was mostly nice. out there because my wife was doing work, and it's basically a free trip for me. Oh, cool. Yeah. Flew up to Reykjavik first and then got a flight down towards London, which, by the way, also travel tip. If you fly into Reykjavik, fly in at night so you can see the the northern lights. You want to see that. It was so cool, dude. Yeah, I bet it was. Especially I'm glad like you said. I'm glad, I'm glad you said Northern Lights. I was trying to say Aurora Borealis or whatever. Yeah. And the stream was blowing me up because they were just like, "You're not saying it right." And then eventually, someone was like, "Northern Lights." And I was like, "Fuck!" I could have been just, saying Northern Lights the whole time. Could have been just saying Northern Lights this time. <laughs> I was talking about Cami's stage because it has the Northern Lights in that in that stage. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a cool stage. That's nice that you saw that. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it was cool seeing it from a plane. Weird. It moves weird in a way that I wouldn't expect it to. So, by the way, folks, fly at night. Fly in the side of the plane that the lights are going to be on. They'll be towards the north because of that's where the lights are. All right. Podcast, Street Fighter, there's the Northern Light stage. Uh, Cami is a thing. 
she wears kind of a cat suit most of the time. And speaking of cat suits, Felicia is, is a new costume that Manat is going to have. That is a transition, folks. That's how we do it in the biz. And that's why they pay me the big bucks. Bet your ass. I like the Morrigan costume because it's just basically Morrigan. <laughs> yeah, that's I, mean, a, like, I actually like, I actually don't like this. I mean, I don't I don't love it, but it's just basically Morrigan. You know, like it's mm-hmm. there's no it's no like oh it's Chun Li in a costume. Yeah, there's no it's nuance like, there. It's just Morrigan. It's just Morrigan. <laughs> All right, cool. They could have also like I know they didn't change the face model, but they could have just been like we had the model in this other game, so like it's guess what it's just morgan now the jerry one that is the um uh fucking why am i lilith is that one still looks jerry yeah because it's a combination yeah for sure yeah but the chun li one is definitely just i mean to be honest i don't don't really care that much i mean like if if it if it's if they're gonna go down the road of what similar to what modders do which is just like give you an experience, you know. Here's my right. favorite character, but what the hell? I just I'm they're going to be Mega Man today. Like I, I don't care. It's good. It's all good. So yeah, no, uh, I think I, all the costumes I, I keep doing it, keep making costumes. These ones look pretty good, I think. It's interesting. It is interesting though because I feel like they've made that leap towards like oh we can just do anything. Whereas before they were, I think a lot of the time they would try to retain like the things that made that character that character. I might be wrong, but, um, you know. You might be right. I think there's some credence there because there was a slow drip of costumes. There wasn't, didn't really come out with the kind of grip that they're coming out now. Yeah, it's pretty wild now. I wonder how much, I'd love to know how much money they make out of costumes. I mean, right now we've got... Mecha Zangief, Classic Vega, Dimitri Ed, Felicia, yeah. and Kaibit Minot. She's got two goddamn costumes. Yeah. Chen Li's Morrigan, Jerry's Lilith, Yurian's Donovan, Guile Zombie, Abigail Cyclops, Falk Shinigami, and a Colin who's a witch. That is 12 costumes that I have just wild. named. That is wild. I, uh, I, can't, I honestly can't keep up with them. And I don't think I've seen it, uh, like, for me personally, I've not found one for Akuma that I've been interested in. The only one that I like is the is the color swapping that uh, was done for the Rage uh, Takedo costume. Mm-hmm. But, he, but only Takedo has it. Yeah, he's the only one who can have that one. I need Takedo's login details, you know? <laughs> so, so one, I can rank him down to fucking silver. We have to and do, then, like, uh, a social engineering experiment to get his his login details i mean like if you're gonna hack anything like like <laughs> why not tokido cfn yeah um but i think it'd be pretty obvious the minute you do because you'd be you'd just be like playing ranked and you'd be uh getting destroyed yeah. by the other grandmasters unless of course it was, among, yeah. unless it was daigo hacking him then well he might but then it'd be guile so still wouldn't work and you'd want to choose that Akuma for the costume anyway, so why even bother? Why bother? Uh, there's no one, no one in the world who can do what Takedo does with Akuma, that's for sure. No. Kind of speaking of which, I should say, uh, there was that transition from uh, Tokido losing to Chakotay and then 
bodying Fudo at TGS. Yeah. Oh, did somebody make a video? Uh, I don't think anyone made that video, but I just I like that story, right? Where Tay yeah. wrecks him. Yeah. Just a, a very solid trouncing. The at least the second match is up on YouTube. No one recorded the first. Uh, I think I don't know if it's posted. It's handy cam stuff, right? It's shaky cam. But like. <laughs> Tay beats him, hardcore. Tokido drowns in pools, and he says, never again. Wait, then, what? No way, he didn't say that. Shut no, up. He said, never again. To who? He said it to Tay? After the match. He, he said, said, never, never again? again. And then... Fucking Tokido. Embarrasses Fudo. I mean, Embarrasses dude, the man. Dude, what, what was going on there? Because... That is ridiculous. I've n- I don't think I've ever seen, you know, and maybe there's people in the chat who have seen something like that before, but I've never seen anything like that before. Between, because Fudo, I mean, in my Sarko interview today and in my, hey, guys in the chat, I did an Oil King interview. Not many people know that, but it's going to come out soon. Mm-hmm. In my Oil King interview, both of them said the player that they are scared of the most who gives them the most problems is fudo and i think a lot of people would say that because fudo is usually top three right he's so consistently solid he's and he's been playing forever most solid he's been playing forever right. right he's super experienced like you know when 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 taquito did something similar to punk right you you could you could you could understand like the difference in experience right and being on that that stage for the first time i think it was punk's first evo to be honest um and you know taquito had that losers run but for fudo i would have thought there would have been a way of fudo to slow that train down you know right like he would oh, adapt at wait, least. Wait, 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 wait. We got someone in the chat saying it was actually Fudo who said never again after the TGS finals. Oh, so, do I have it backwards? INVSMP5. Or are they asking the question? Because I'm pretty sure that at SCR. Oh, the question? Okay. Yeah. So the, I think there's a question. So, oh, okay, okay, okay. So apparently, INVSMP5. Apparently, Takedo said it after losing in pools against Tay or El Chaka. What is it? El Chakatoy? Is that how you pronounce it? If you just want to call him Tay, that's the easiest, safest way to do it. And you won't catch flack for it. Yeah. But anyway, the point is Takedo, the story is Takedo loses in pools to a, to a Mika. Apparently, turns around in legendary status and says, never again. And then goes on a loser's rampaging run and then beats uh, uh, Fudo, resets the bracket, and beats him eight games straight. Is that right? Is it eight games straight? TGS. So he had some, he had like a week. Was it a fucking week between TGS and SCR? Was it two weeks? That was like two weeks, right? I've lost track of all time. No, 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 no. SCR and TGS is one week. Wow, I'm getting sorry. I'm getting super confused about this yeah, conversation that's right the now. Timeline. Because, because no, 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 I'm getting I'm getting confused about this conversation because who put who put him in losers at TGS? It, 
I don't know. I don't know that. Uh, okay, so he had a week to practice against Mika, basically. Yeah, he lost, said never again, had a week to practice, and embarrassed Fudo. Okay, that makes sense. That that story makes total sense. That's exactly the taquito that I know. That's, that's exactly the Tokido way. How, that's the taquito way. That's how you operate, right? You lose, and you're just like, all right, I need to work on this right away. A lot of the top players are like that, you know? They're mm-hmm. already, immediately after the match, they're thinking about, they're visualizing how they can change things. And that was, I mean, I've never seen anything like that. I thought Fudo, being the experienced player that he is, would find a way of stopping that train. It, There's just something changing to his be- pace at some point, or just like not some- allowing Tokido to get like speedrun world record time of grand finals. Well, that was the other thing, right? There was a, there was quite a large break because for a second they thought there was going to be an announcement, right? But they didn't do an announcement. Right. Uh, so there was quite a large break between Takedo's um, losers final and the grand finals, right? So I thought, oh, that's going to throw his momentum off a little bit. But there's something to be said for those losers runs, right? And the thing that has to be said about it is that you are getting warmed up on stage right mm-hmm. and you build momentum so we've seen taquito do this before where you're on stage you're in the environment you need to be in to to you know for every single match and you're just playing 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 and you're getting more and more warmed up and you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger meanwhile the guy who's in grand finals is just fucking sitting there right down there you know maybe he's warming up could in be a, a little cooled off. I assume the setup, grand finals winner, yeah. Different environment. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, to me, it's kind of a little bit fascinating, that idea that being in grand finals on winner's side is should be advantageous. But I don't know. When you've seen someone like Takedo go through, I don't know how many matches it is in top eight to go through losers finals and just win one after the other after the other after the other and is up there and fucking owning that stage. Right. And that, that's, uh, I don't know. I think there's something to be said for that momentum when you're out there. I, I think that's true. He rolled in like a steamroller. There was no chance. If you watch the tapes, it's brutal. It, and to that, to that point, I also kind of want to bring up, we're talking about uh, Chakotay, who like is, in, my, we, in all fairness, our, our Street Fighter sponsored him to Evo. Uh, he's one of, if not the best Mika in the U.S. I'd say him and Mojo would be a very close one-two for me. I feel like on a good day, it could be one or the other. They're both very strong players. Right. Uh, but to then go and play Fudo, who is just known for being so consistent, knowing like known for being able to adapt, could not adapt. It was just... I just don't understand. I, honestly, like as a professional player, I know how strong Taquito is, and I'm a Taquito fanboy, right? But I just don't understand how someone like Fudo, because I have so much respect for Fudo and how amazing he is and how much he adapts and all that sort of stuff. My I wife's just, favorite I, player. It my just, wife's favorite player. There's, he's a lot of people's favorite player, Fudo. And I just, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't. I just don't get it. How could this be? How could this have happened? How could you do this to my good, good boy food? I mean, like, like it wasn't like I. I'm. I'm actually genuinely worried about him for the future. (laughs) 
You know, what the hell does that do to somebody's confidence? Nah, he'll like, be all it's right. One, it's one thing to take a loss, but that, that was ridiculous. He'll be fine. And I don't, I, I don't even know if Fudo is much of a, I don't even know if he labs that much. I asked him stuff in the past. Like, I've, I've interviewed him and I've asked him, I've said like, you know, uh, you know, do, I've asked him about training and stuff. I've not really gotten very straight answers. I know he likes to drink. Apparently he, he plays better. Bar. Apparently he plays better when he drinks. Uh, so maybe there was no alcohol at TGS. I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> like, but, but like that man a drink. <laughs> yeah. Like get him a fucking, get him to down a pint of fucking beer or whatever the hell it is he does. I mean, his profile pic is him falling off a fucking chair with a beer in his hand or something like that. Right. He, he, lo- he loves beer. And he loves food. And uh, I, to me, I don't know. Yeah. And a loss like that is pretty extreme i mean he's a very experienced player i get it and maybe it's happened to him before when he was younger but i've certainly never seen anything like that between two japanese fucking godlike players yeah Uh, you know the amount of how many i mean what is it first to three so he won 12 in a row but 12 straight rounds right 12 straight rounds 12 12 rounds straight i don't think he lost a round did he win did he lose a round 12 straight rounds is ridiculous. So, I uh, Against a player like that, hot damn. Yeah. I love Fudo so much. I yeah, do I mean... I, my, one of my favorite things recently of Fudo uh, is, is actually the Psy Games Beast. If you go to their Twitter account, the banner on their Twitter account is their team. Which, by the way, they have so much fucking money, they shut down a whole goddamn bridge. They have shut down bridge fuck you money. I've never seen that much money. Well, I've seen that much money in my life. But that's a lot of money to mobile, shut down a whole games, goddamn man. bridge. Mobile games. If you've got the right mobile oh. games, you will make a ludicrous amount of money. So they shut down a bridge, and they've got their five players out there. They've got Gamer B. They've got Chris T., They've got yeah. Daigo. Yeah. Uh, they've got PR Balrog. And then at the very end, and they're all like standing on a bridge looking like, I'm standing on a bridge. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. a, a br- this is my bridge stance stance. <laughs> this is my esports bridge stance. Where and then there's just Fudo in bridge? fucking shorts just standing there, arms at his side. I fucking love Fudo so goddamn yeah. much. That's his esports stance is just like, all right. <laughs> I, 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 hello, I am here. I am Fudo. It's so fucking good. He, yeah, he's funny as fuck. I mean, Fudo, I don't know. It, it, I wish I spoke Japanese because I think one of the things I would love to watch in Japanese is Fudo and Daigo when they're sitting on that couch fucking about, oh, drinking yeah. beer, whatever the fuck they're doing. Because, you know, I've interviewed like Fudo and Daigo, right? And they, they'll do it. They're, but they don't love it because it's not in their own language and, right. you know, they don't need it. You know, they don't. There's players that are will use it as an as an opportunity to communicate with the American and the European and the English speaking world. Right. And they will use it to, you know, uh, improve their brand so you can get to know them when it's useful to them when it makes sense well it works for everyone right so like i get countless comments of oh you know even on taquito videos which blows me away but even on taquito videos i get comments of oh he always looks so like focused and mean 
I, I didn't know he was like this. He's kind of cool. I like him. Now I'm going to be cheering for him, right? Right. And so that's why that's one of my favorite comments in interviews is like, oh, I brought that player. I've connected that player with a new supporter or whatever, right? Right. Because um, you've revealed a part of their personality that otherwise they wouldn't get. Right. But but uh, Daigo does, you know, he doesn't need to do it. He's got He's got his own show. It gets translated. He... He doesn't have to do it. He did it, you know, we did it once, which was cool. And I think he the most the thing he got most excited about was Game of Thrones. Yep. Because because that was that <laughs> yeah. was because I was somebody told me you like Game of Thrones. So I so I was like, Do you like Game of Thrones? And he went, Oh, Game of Thrones. And then, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, he does. He he obviously likes that. Um but everything else he's talked about a million times. And then talking about it in a different language is just for him, I don't think it's that much fun. And then Fudo, his answers were all very safe, very safe answers. I've been told that with those guys, the best thing you could possibly do is get, take them out and get them drunk. Um, but, you know. You need to do like a bar interview. Yeah. Where you but like play some, it, like part of it is like a little bit of drinking games. Yeah. But, but the problem with it is that basically once you do that, I mean. They've now got I'm handlers though. That's the. Well, I'm going I'm to go a little bit serious now. Okay when you the problem with it is if you take advantage of somebody in that way nobody else is going to want to do an interview with you yeah at this yeah, at, at, at this stage of the fgc you know like it, you you know i'm not an investigative journalist and i'm also not somebody who's trying to fuck somebody up you know right uh, i'm just trying to i'm just trying to introduce just trying to see what that player is all about you know and uh, try and get some honesty and truth about, from them about whatever the the game, the FGC, whatever, 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 and highlight personality and show it off and all that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, of course, in the past, I've thought about wouldn't it be great to just go and get fucking hammered with this person and film it all, and then hit and because of course they'd say all sorts of crazy shit, right? Right. But, that you know the next day they'd just be like okay great i'm never doing an interview with you again and ne- neither is anybody else right um yeah, you so, ruin a little bit of your credibility and access to players in the future which makes sense yeah so, i get that but All yeah right. i'm sure food i'm sure food and daigo are a lot of fun to to get hammered with it'd be great if, I, if you could speak japanese as well it would be fun the other tournament we should probably talk about um, if not very briefly, would be EGX, which was like the time that I was in Amsterdam was when EGX was taking place. So I was like, right. oh, I'm I'm in London, but like far away from this because of how everything was scheduled. Uh, and I also didn't set the schedule. The little I talked about this earlier, but while I was out there for work, and then we it's a whole thing. Regardless, well, yeah, the other thing about it, right? is I think there's the conversation to be had somewhere about managing sort of our time, you know, as, as viewers, hmm. because it was impossible. It was really hard for me to stay up and watch. Cause I stayed up and yeah. I watched TGS and then I was just like, I can't, I can't stay up and watch EGX. Like it's just too much. Like I, I had to sleep basically. And by I the time I woke up that thought, almost every week of this like it's every fucking week there's so much street fighter there's a lot and it, and if it's if it's not premieres so that's an example of two premieres right yeah so 
you want to be what if you know you don't watch the ranking events like good luck yeah well i mean there are i've said this before but sometimes there are weekends where there are four tournaments yeah and it's happened a lot recently where there are four tournaments and you'll just they'll just turn up on my timeline where people are just like holding a medal and you know whatever it could be christy who just won in chile where was it chile like hey i just won in chile like that that was going on while you know there were a couple of other like premieres right so that was three tournaments and i don't know if that was a ranking event or a special event or whatever that was a ranking Um, but you've got a lot going on um right and it's it's tough, particularly if you're a multi-game. Like, if you like watching a lot oh of different God. stuff, it's tough. I mean, it's hard. It's just packed. You know? Of like, I had responsibilities. I, I did have to go to the bathroom this weekend, but there's a lot of fighting games going on. Yeah. I can't even like take a piss without missing like Uniist or, or anything like that. It's it, it has gotten kind of buck wild. And it it's was not, like this last year, but I feel like this year in particular, maybe it's just because we're like getting down to the end of the season where I am. I don't know if you're feeling the, the fatigue. I got the fatigues. The Yeah. I've, oh, I've definitely felt it in the past. This year, there's been points where I've just gone, you know what? I'm not watching anything. So, cause I'm either, all, I'm kind of all in or all out, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, if I'm in, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, there's three tournaments. Awesome. I'm going to watch all these three. It'd be amazing. Right. And then I went through a phase of like, I'm not watching any of them. Like I'm, I'm just not. Um, and then I, Dragon Ball kind of dragged me back in a bit because the storyline was so strong, but you know, then it got strung out. The storyline well, got pulled teeth it, in. It got messed up with a bit, particularly when they went and did the first to 10 in Vegas. Yes. Which that was, was the which weekend was, where I was like, you guys. Everybody said, everybody made a comment. They were like, no, it's too soon. Like, Way no. too soon. Um, but the, the storyline on that one, I was enjoying a lot. And Sonic, you know, won Evo. And to be honest, he was the, I, I did feel in the end that he was the strongest player. Right. Um, but I, but I didn't, there was a part of me that didn't want him to win, not because of anything to do with him, but more because I wanted the storyline to continue. <laughs> I, I really wanted, because I feel like now Sonic can go, all right, that's done. I conquered that. I conquered you. And now he can move on to Soul Calibur six and smash ultimate, right? Because he's got a storyline coming up with smash ultimate, because every time you, you move into one of these communities, right. you also happen to gain a billion more subscribers like or followers right he's he said it himself he said he went from 60,000 to 70,000 in like a day or something after after he basically had the you know with, with zero they had a back and forth about setting up a first to 10 or something like that when smash right. ultimate comes out so that adds to his it, circle of influence where so he can yeah, leverage that course. against the every all game, kinds every, of sponsorship money and yeah oh well, every game that he moves into it's more followers, right? And right. more followers means more um, influence. More influence means more likely sponsors will be interested in you, right? So all of that makes sense. And that's why I'm a little sad that the I feel like the Dragon Ball story is kind of done now. Like I just he, feel like he, Goku won in the first fight and then walked away. Well, I feel like the only other fight, right, is the 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 Dragon Ball World right. tour. Right, and you, somebody else could win the Dragon 
Dragon Ball World Tour, and Sonic could say, but "Yeah, I won Evo. I was practicing Smash." Right. You know, like, like, like. Whereas if Sonic had lost Evo, I feel like there would be more of a personal desire to come back. And like, I just, I just fell in love with the story, the storyline, no obviously, because the I, hunger I just, is spread about multiple games. That just makes sense. I just yeah, but I just I just fell in love with that particular storyline because what you had was Sonic Fox, who you know, I think is a you know genius, right? right. Um, but extremely but talented played in player. a lot, but played in a lot of games that were US based, right? So then it was like Dragon Ball came along, and all of a sudden there was some serious Japanese players, right? Mm-hmm. So you got Goichi who's undefeated in America, you got Sonic who's undefeated. Sorry, Goichi who's undefeated in Japan, you got Sonic who's undefeated in America. It's oh, like oh my god, these Shinderu. players are. These, yeah these players are gonna meet like who's gonna win and then like he lost right he lost to goichi right and i remember thinking holy shit welcome to our world you know because think about street fighter right, right. <laughs> i was yeah. like holy shit welcome to our world but i was convinced that sonic could bring it back right like i was conv- i knew like this, no there's he's not this isn't street Fighter four it's not like 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 this, this is sonic fox and i think he can he can turn this around and he did, and that's great, but I feel like the story is done now. That's what mm. makes me sad, is because I was enjoying that storyline so much, and I feel like he, he won Evo, and now I think, like, whoever wins the... whatever the hell it is, what is it? It's not called Battle of the Stones. <laughs> it's the it's Battle uh, of the Balls. Battle of the, the Battle Tanuki of the balls. balls. The Dragon Ball World Tour, right? Whoever wins that. Whoever wins the Tanuki Ball Cup. I bet you it's Kazunoko, by the way. I bet you it's Kazunoko, but um, whoever wins that, I, 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 I'm not sure that, I don't know, I just feel like the storyline is done. I feel like the storyline wouldn't have been done if Goichi had, had won in, at EVO, but he just, wasn't, he just wasn't strong enough. Regardless of that switch, when he had the momentum, right. I still don't think he was strong enough. So, yeah, not at that point. He hit so that that's Kaioken a, level three, so, and it was it was lights out. But anyway, right, so that, this is that's, that's a Dragon Ball thing. <laughs> but that's that's what brought. I, I just wanted to say that's what brought me back to tournaments was a storyline like that. I enjoyed the storyline, that storyline. Um, we've we've really what, lost inter, interpersonal storylines in Street Fighter. Well, that's what Tom Cannon talks about. Tom Cannon talks about that all the time. In my, I've done recently did an interview with him where we where we looked back at footage from 1998, and I did an interview with him at Evo. And Tom Cannon's big thing is like that rivalry has gone. Uh, particularly, I mean, he really enjoyed sort of the interregional rivalries, which were very mm-hmm. strong in uh, you know back 20 years ago, I guess. Um, NorCal, SoCal, East Coast, West Coast, all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, a lot of that has kind of disappeared. And I, I was really enjoying the Dragon Ball one. I thought that one was very organic. It, it did become a little bit of America versus Japan, just naturally. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not always countries anymore. It's, it, a lot of it is very individual-based. It's kind of like, you know, it's like tennis or something. It's like, is it, is it the country are we supporting a country here or are we just supporting a person? Because uh, a lot of the time I feel like I'm just supporting a person. And, and honestly, now it makes sense to have it that way. It's one of those things where, and I was thinking about this the other day in the car, where I think at its core, fighting games are best pitched and promoted as if you're running a 
boxing match. Except that boxing match, like, let's say the Floyd Mayweather fight, it happens like it. What if you had a fight every goddamn week? Who would give a fuck about that? Nobody. And that's kind of what we have. We have all of these big sluggers. We have Problem X winning Evo. And then a couple weeks later, getting seventh at EGX, right? Like, right. Yeah. He's he's best Uh, in the world. uh, Yeah. 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 Not that day. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, man. It's, it's, it's pretty weird how there's so much going on. And what if sponsors acted more like promoters? What if, who was the Don King of the FGC? The FGC needs a, needs a good Don King. You know, who was the Don King of the FGC? That empire, empire Arcadia guy. What's his name? Um, the fuck chat the, the the chat can help me out here what's his name i've forgotten his name the, Nin- the nintendo guy that was the fucking don king of the fgc it was it was back in the day triforce yeah triforce, exactly yes. triforce. triforce was the original don king of the fgc i think fucking triforce right triforce wasn't was... he <laughs> i think he was no you're you're right he was you're a right. Be- very visible uh ma- manager or like uh, org uh organizer or whatever right he was he was he was visible i don't think i'm not sure we have anybody like that one of the things they were saying in the chat was that we don't have a heel you know because everything comes back to wrestling in america right right so we don't have like a true heel anymore that's true uh i don't know if that's i know when punk was around that was kind of interesting sorry punk is still around obviously but when punk first came on the scene that was kind of interesting because that was very much his persona. I think he was it's talking a lot of shit, and then yeah, it changed he just a little bit. Disappeared. Well, it's changed a little bit now. I mean, he's he's evolving, right? That's I heard I like he was the best Zeku. <laughs> That's just what I heard. Yeah, but maybe I spent too much time on I thought, Twitter. I thought you were the best Zeku. I read that in a fortune cookie, so who can trust that? Or maybe okay. the fortune cookie itself was referring like the person who wrote it must have just been, you know fluent mind just writing mind to paper oh i i'm the best Zeku, clearly um, oh someone in the chat says f champ was the best villain of, of, of marvel at least uh, yeah that's true I, I would even go back and say like kane blue river at some point was was the heel yeah kind of kind, kind of. of not is really he, but kind of because the thing is when you talk to him he's all he's he doesn't He's not as villainous. As, no, like, no, he's actually he's he's an alright dude. He's like totally he's totally fine. But a lot of the community was like, "Hey, fuck, fuck this guy." Yeah, it's like, well, there's. But is that what we need? Do we need a heal? I mean, like, or, or do we just, or do we just need to slow down on the tournaments? Because I don't. I, think I tell you that what, might I, be I, it. I just don't understand anymore which is a special tournament because everybody's winning something somewhere, right? Right. And co- my timeline is full of people. And by the way. I respect all of them and think their achievements are incredible because I can't do what they do. But the, yeah, that, that but, is the but thing it, to, to the continually I'm, give credence to these wins of these tournaments. Like these aren't chumps showing up to these tournaments, knocking players out. There are the competition is crazy strong. It's crazy strong, crazy to, be com- strong. Com- to be competitive right now. But it's hard to understand. I think it's a little hard to understand, and I don't know why. But it's all it's a little hard to understand 
what's important and what isn't. So for instance, mm-hmm. right, EGX is a premiere and Evo That's is Evo. Nice. That's one Evo is actually one step above a premiere, apparently, mm-hmm. right? It is. I mean, of course it is. Like it's it's you know, if you win Evo, the biggest that fighting should, tournament that in the world. Should be the pinnacle, right? Capcom Cups come along. So now we, we sort of have two world champions. We would often say, This is the world champion, and now here's the another world champion, right? Um right. And you, like you say, like the tournaments happened really quickly. So TGS is definitely seen by a lot of people as, oh my God, that's in Japan. People are going to be, that is going to be, there are going to be some killers who turn up to that, right? Right. So like, it's interesting watching, as you say, you saw Problem X win Evo. And you should be at this point still thinking about, I think you should probably still be thinking Wow, Problem X is like the world champion of Evo, you know, of, you know, world champion. Right, he won Evo. Right. That was amazing. But two weeks later, or whatever the fuck, TGS happens. Takeda does this amazing losers run and bodies Fudo, right? And all of a sudden, that that's that story is elevated, right? Right. And then, oh, the other side of the world, you've got uh, Angry Bird, right? Who's winning with. Zeku. So yeah, it's like and EGX winning with Zeku, with Zeku it, making it's, Capcom. It, it's a lot in a short period of time to take in, mm-hmm. and in many ways, you know, it sort of takes away from some of those victories. It takes away from problems victory a little bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, Whereas, like angry, a couple of years angry. ago, even like uh, we, we should give props to Angry Bird also. So you're gonna say oh, we about should angry give Bird. props to Angry Bird definitely. Hell yeah. Like he, He's it's so funny because I interviewed, I interviewed Adele, right? Mm-hmm. At Evo last year. It was one of the first times I think that he'd gotten a visa. And was Big able Bird, to come to great dude. In- incredibly great, good head on his shoulders. Love that. Great kid. head on his shoulders. Very active on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Will argue with everybody. Yes. Uh, as all those boys do. And, you know, Adele told me in the interview, he was like, he would talk about Big Bird. Not Big Bird, uh, Angry Bird. I'm getting them mixed up now. Everyone he would talk does about it, Angry, it's fine. Angry Bird. And he, and he goes, and I remember he said to me, sorry, just anecdotally, he actually right. said to me, uh, everyone calls him Angry Bird because his head is shaped like an Angry Bird. And I forgot, I forgot about the game Angry Birds, right? So I was like, his head is shaped like an... Just kind of look at him like sideways. A, like, like a bird. What wait, are wait, you talking about, wait. boy? Yeah, I, was like, I, was like, I was like, wait a second. His head is shaped like a bird that's angry? I don't, I'm not sure I understand. And he was like, you know, the game Angry Bird. Oh, okay. And then I, I saw footage of him recently and I was like, I don't think he looks like an Angry Bird, like from the game Angry Bird. But whatever, that was, that's totally anecdotal. But he would talk about Angry Bird as being like his training partner, somebody that they grew up together and trained together and all that sort of stuff. And, but it was always Big Bird, Big Bird, Big Bird, Big Bird, this, Big Bird, that, Adele, 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 Adele. And how brilliant Adele was because I think uh, when he first shot to, sort of fgc fame was when sien went out there and i thought he it was played... when he beat infiltration uh at game 18 or maybe it was game five it's the video of this is like fucking impossible to find by the way uh, uh i had okay. to fi- i had to talk to hatson about it because finding the video of him using guy to beat infiltration in grand finals of either game 18 or game five it's one of the two uh, which was a tournament in the uae uh and uh big bird wrecks him yeah 
uh, well, and Infiltration like does a lot of different character changes, and it's it's a good grand, it's a very good grand finals. Highly recommend watching it. Um, well, I I haven't seen that one. I, I definitely saw the Sien one, and I think that was one. I think that was one that he brought up in the interview, hmm. um, and it was just after Sien had won Evo, and I don't remember exactly. He either took him to the brink or either beat him, and it was yes, it was I in again. It was well. it was I think it was in Dubai somewhere like that. Um, but yeah, he was young then. He was like super young. I don't know how young, but very, very young. And, uh, but then, you know, now he, he traveled, traveled to Evo and, and I saw him last year and we did the interview last year and he would talk about this person, Angry Bird. And I guess it never occurred to me at the time how strong Angry Bird should blatantly be, right. you know, cause it was all about Big Bird. So it was like, I never thought, where the hell is this Angry Bird guy? Um, but, you know, obviously he's been, I don't know what, I don't know what his story is. And I'd love to talk to him at some point. Um, it seemed that he felt, I don't, I don't know exactly, but it seemed, yeah, I, I sort of heard rumblings that he felt like maybe he couldn't replicate his play in tournaments or something like that. But yeah, his storyline, his like personal story, he'd be a good interview. Wink, wink. He'll be a Capcom Cup. Wink, yeah. wink. Okay. Well, Capcom Cup, I don't know. Is Capcom Cup is one of the hardest places to actually yeah. get two players. Everyone's just like, so Capcom Cup is like mode. there's so much. When I go to Capcom Cup, it's like, but they're also they're, they're basically they are contractually they I think they have to do interviews with Capcom. Ooh. So that will happen first and foremost. So they'll do like thirty two interviews, huh. or whatever. Then they have to film all their intro stuff, right? Because they treat it. More oh, like yeah. esports, right? Because they had the thirty-two players. That's right. And Big so, chicken so, bones. I forgot about that. And and they're training their asses off. So it's actually one of the. I don't really usually do interviews at Capcom Cup, even though like those players will be there. Right. Um, but that makes if, sense. If I get, I mean, he. I guess he. If there was one interview, maybe he's a possibility. I don't know. Um, but uh, certainly in the future, he would. It would be good to, to interview him for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, That'd be a good one to line up. But he, uh, yeah, he did extremely well to win EGX, and he just looked. I loved his reaction, you oh, know. Yeah, that, like that it, slow realization of I fucking did it. Yeah, I can't. Just I like nothing fake about it. Nothing. Just, just a, just an outpouring. There was it. Must have been like brimming up underneath him, or he must have been keeping it down somewhere. And then you know when you think when. I don't know. Like when you have an emotional moment, right? And you don't realize it's coming. And it just hits you like a ton of bricks. And it's like, whoa, I can't. Oh, fuck. This, this just, this means this in my life. And then like like this, you could just see it wash over him. And just that hit that slow realization of, oh, this means this changes everything right now. Yeah. So it's such a good moment. Yeah, it was, it was, it was dope. It was dope. And uh, sadly, I haven't yet watched uh, enough of the, of his matches. Uh, I'd like to go back and see some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I believe he plays Akuma as well, right? Uh, yes, that is true. He played some Akuma. In, and that kind of makes sense. I think if you play a character like Zeku or like Zangief, for example, 
or can even, I would say. Mm. Um, it, it would be good to have characters that might have some holes in their game to have a pocket character that just is generally solid against most of the cast. So that makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, shout outs to uh, Angry Bird for the big win at EGX. Um, and back to kind of the storyline thing, it just reminds me of something that Luffy said this weekend of he wins today, he can lose tomorrow. Uh, and that kind of just feels like how it's been for the last couple months or so. And Was that a dig at the game? I don't know. Oh, it was oh. a it was a dig at his opponent, and like it was a dig at his opponent. Wait, he can, was salty. If you can win today, you can because no, he was talking about his previous win like that day and being like, "Well, I'll beat you tomorrow." Okay, don't worry. But like maybe it's him just pump, maybe it's him just trying to pump himself up and and yeah and and that's how it, that's how it is and that's how it rings that's that was true for him in that moment. But to me, I yeah. thought about that it was just like well. That that kind of does feel like how this season has been, which isn't to take anything away from these players. They're, the competition is crazy hard. I've said this before. It's very hard to do consistently well in this game, and for players to do that is incredible. But like, where are the storylines? Even it's moving too back, fast. It's moving too fast for storylines. You think about years where like Cian won one Evo in Street Fighter Four. And then mm. a couple weeks later, Daigo's just like, hey, let's run a first to 10 and see how that goes. <laughs> That's a storyline, right? Yeah. That's yeah. a good storyline. Any first to 10 with Daigo, infiltration as well. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, fuck that guy. But like, fucked him up hard. that was Hell one yeah. of them. I mean, when I look back at ma- like matches, I've been asking players this recently, but sadly, I haven't been getting wonderful answers. But one of the questions I've started to introduce is, they're a classic match that everyone should go watch. And occasion- you know, occasionally, I can't with an answer. But the... The you know there are a number of classic matches that stand out to me stuff that I you know really enjoyed particularly in Street Fighter Four things like the first time Punko beat Daigo with Seth and he just downed the Red Bull whatever it was and crunched the can and threw it and did all the showmanship and all that stuff right and uh, and just went wild on him right, right. and then right. and then of course when Infiltration beat Daigo that came out of the blue for me because at the time infiltration was sort of one of those players who was around but he wasn't winning right and and actually i don't remember that anybody was dominant with the kuma right even takedo was a great player but he wasn't he wasn't there was nobody like and there were less by the way there were less you know you remember this time there was way way less tournaments right and so definitely felt that way yeah yeah and so then infiltration one day that particular day, the, the day that he won Evo, uh, I remember Seth Killian saying on commentary, like, Infiltration says he's got this. And I was like, yeah, right, whatever. This is Daigo. What the fuck are you talking about? And then he just does the focus through uh, Daigo's fireballs. Yeah, just has the, hits him with the perfect range at that time. I'd never seen anyone doing that, right? right. And I guess Daigo had never had anyone doing it to him before because he blew him up like four rounds straight mm-hmm. and that's one of the matches that i just and i think he demoned him at the end i think he finished yes, with a demon and that was one of the matches where i'm just like even though it's extremely one-sided it's like go watch this because it's so dope like it's if you understand the context of like where infiltration was at the time in terms of his his perceived ability and 
Daigo. And I think Laugh, by the way, had a huge, um, what's the word, influence, influence on Infiltration. Yeah. Like he, he was like, it was almost like Infiltration had this potential. Because Laugh, just... Laugh main Ryu also. Right, but it, but it was they. It was almost like Laugh filled in the final puzzle piece. You know, it was like, okay, this guy sort of has the the every you know has the potential, but he's just missing this one piece. And I always felt like, to me, again, this is like talking about storylines, right? right? To me, I imagined in my head, oh, okay, I think Laugh made a big impression on infiltration because that was about around about the time they spent a lot of time together trained together and had the they won the street fight across tekken yeah uh, i think that was roughly the, the similar sort of time tournament. yeah and then, the, uh, and then uh and then the year you know, after um it might have been the year after 2013 2012 because 2012 was definitely right infiltration but um yeah i just uh so like those, that, that's so those are good storylines. It's, it's, it's hard to remember those matches now because they're happening so fast. Right, uh, and also kind of a not necessarily a segue. I don't want to talk about this too much because fuck this whole situation and like the legality of it is really fucking weird. Um, but I have to point it out because it is the elephant in the room that we haven't brought up yet. <laughs> fuck infiltration. Big thumbs up that guy's ass. Holy shit. Uh, and I can say that legally because at least one of the cases that was brought against him for being a, a wife beater, uh, was ruled against him. So legally within court documents, this isn't defamation for me to say that he lost that case, but also I can just say, by the way, fuck that guy, fuck him. See, I yeah, I haven't kept up. Unfortunately, I haven't kept up with. There are there are laws and rules in Korea that can prevent people from speaking out uh, for cases that are currently open. Uh, I'm not gonna like, get into it into like the legality behind it because I am a dumb dumb, and for me to try to speak intelligently on another foreign country's laws is going to make me kind of look like a big, big dumb dumb. And, but to briefly talk about it, uh, like no one can talk, talk about the currently open case because of, uh, what is the name of the word? Um, leak. Hmm. It's called legal defamation. I'm already messing up the word. Um, where, even if it's true, uh, if it hasn't been proven in court, you can't talk about it. Otherwise, someone can sue you for defamation. Like, it, yeah, defamation by truth. That's it. Thank you, um, guest in the chat. Uh, defamation by truth is that, like, turn of phrase where it's like, you can't, even if true, even if this happened, even if you have proof that this happened, you can't talk about it. Otherwise, it's considered defamation. So we can't talk about the currently open case. We can talk about the case that was open and shut. I can't speak about it because a lot of it is in Korean um, and reading into it is difficult to remove one case from the other case. I don't necessarily know what falls in between one and the other or why it was split up in these two ways. I can't get into that. However, I can wholeheartedly say that 
that guy's name isn't going to come up on the show often anymore. Yeah, I mean, to be without honest me with you, bringing I, this up and just saying, by the way, he is in the news this week, but also fuck that guy. See, I, I, I am unclear because I've seen. Okay, uh, this is a really hard topic to talk on, right? Because, nope. because look, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. And by the way, uh, I'm, I haven't. I'm talking as someone who doesn't understand the Korean legal system someone who doesn't speak Korean and you know I'm I just don't think I'm ready to talk about it yet because I I see social media I see social media move at such a fast pace and I've had people message me and tell me completely the opposite of what's out there right so it's like oh the legal system works like this right so I read that and I go okay the legal system works like that and then I have someone message me who lives in Korea or has lived in Korea in the past or knows people who lived in Korea. And they're like, no, that's not how it works at all. And I'm like, well, who the fuck do I believe? Right. And, and that's, to, where, that's, where, that's yeah. where I'm at at the moment, to be honest. And to try to do any kind of reporting on that as anyone who is an English speech speaker, it is the water gets so well, no deep, one, no real one's, fast. No one's done it, right? No well, one's done the reporting. I know people have tried. People like are, some, are currently doing it. Right. But specifically so because it's really hard. It's it's actually really hard to get a hold of any of the legal information if you're not a Korean citizen. So there's an added layer to this that is a little extra murky. Uh, it's tough. So regardless, and, and I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to speak like I know everything that's going on, uh, even though the civil case has been open and shut, and uh, yeah. we do know that. Uh, I don't know what was included in that case. I can say that for sure. And also, uh, I just want to say that if we don't talk about it, it's because it is so difficult to parse as someone well, who's not I, familiar with the legal I system. Think you, I think I think sometimes you have to wait a little bit because I think the so I think social media is a dangerous place to get your information. Yes. Um, and uh, and you can read a thread and go, wow, this person sounds like they know what they're talking about. And like I said, someone, someone, I've had it a number of times. People will contact me and say that thread is wrong. And what they're talking about in regards to how, for instance, victims are treated in Korea is wrong. And so I'm left with, I don't have enough time on my hands, right, to go travel to Korea and figure it all out. Right. So there are people doing that and there are investigative journalists. And I'm, by the way, definitely not a journalist, even though people sometimes think I'm definitely not a journalist. I've seen you hold a microphone and journalists hold microphones. So exhibit A, you're a journalist. So, so, you know, and shut. I I mean, I mean, the problem with here's the problem with social media. People love virtual signaling, right? So, I fucking love it. Mm, I'm getting so hard off that virtue signal. Right? My virtue is so I mean, signaled look, right it, now. We all know that domestic abuse is fucking, you know, we won't tolerate that, right? I get that. That's fine. But um, we have when it comes to p- other people out of the community because of that. Right. But, Multiple instances of that happening. But my, my point is that uh, I think sometimes you. You know, it's like, all right, let's just slow down a minute because these are real people. 
first bit of smoke. The... These are real people, yeah. and the information that we're getting, I'm not really sure about 100%, because I'm seeing people question the information, not, not necessarily like, you know, just various things. Like, oh, this is how the Korean court system works. And then somebody else would be like, no, it's not. This is how it works. And so I'm just, to be honest, for me, I'm going to wait and see, you know, I know in my, I know in my head, you know, obviously, clearly, I know, um, you know, whatever, if you want a virtual signal, virtue signal, you know, domestic abuse, yes, that's terrible. And, inf and if infiltration did it, yes, that's terrible. But right now, I'm not feeling so confident about all the various bits of information sources and this and that and the other that I'm hearing because it's all fucking secondhand and it comes from people who sound confident but I've not yet seen somebody that I know as an investigative journalist like thoroughly go through it all and come back with like some information that I, I can feel confident in believing mm -hmm. you know so right right now I'm still I'm still in the wait and see place and I would I would hope that if I was ever found in a similar situation, that other people would give me a little, little bit of benefit of the doubt until, until things were clearer. Because the, because here's the actual like here's the rub of it. Just people yelling into a void actually doesn't solve much of anything. Even me no, saying like no. it, it feels good to say into this microphone, "Hey, fuck that guy," and I can say that with yeah, I can just have that opinion, right? Even yeah, all this aside, I can just say, hey, fuck them. Uh, yeah. But it also doesn't solve anything. So, like, if you hear me say this and then you're like, you know what, I'm going to take this. Mm, I hear I heard Joe Mendes say fuck infiltration. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say fuck infiltration on Twitter. <laughs> like, that, that literally doesn't solve anything. I mean, maybe, uh, I don't know. Like, having actual, like, conversations with people, that that does matter because like it's difficult though man like having conversations with people you mean actual yeah. one-to-ones or actually over social media because conversations one -one. over social yeah one-to-one's great right but co having conversations over social media and even what we're doing now is difficult because people run with it they run with a quote whatever and that's it and then you're against the, the mob you know yeah, that, and, and that's everything. that's literally that's the start and end of it there's no oh you can't beat the mob there's you can't no beat the mob there you're done right like I'm going to bring this into real world situation or should I do this? I don't want to edit this podcast. So should I talk about this openly? I had uh, in my real life, I had a situation where a friend had done something like this of whom I still talk to, but I had a very strong conversation with that friend about, hey man, what you've done here is the worst fucking thing. And I, I don't want to talk to you because of this, unless you change who you are as a person and your, the, what you have going on. And I don't think anyone else in our friend group wants to talk to you because of that as well. And it's not... And that conversation was super fucking hard. I bet. It was really hard. But that dude has changed and made steps in a direction. 
I don't know if he's quite there yet personally, but that's just where things are with his life. I don't want to get into it, but like that's actual change. I didn't yell at him on Twitter and send a lot of people his way to go bully bully because that didn't solve anything or wouldn't have solved anything. If anything, that would just make him mad and callous towards the world and like prevent him from changing. So like, the world's hard, and conversations are hard, and Social talking to people is difficult. hard, dude. The world is hard. Social media is hard right now. Oh, Social media it is, is very, very hard. The worst. Turn um, it, it rules everything, so kind of sucks. Yeah, but we should lighten the mood. We should. Why don't are, you want to talk about are, do, you want to talk are, about dojos? Hell yeah! I was just gonna ask that question. We should. Are dojos good? I don't know. That's <laughs> are, the thing. Are dojos right? good? I, I know, less, that's the other thing. Like, that's the other thing. I'm, like, so confused. So I, I got on the stream, I think, was it yesterday they came out? I think I got on the stream, had, like, a low-level stream with some of the guys, and mm-hmm. it was either yesterday or the day before, and I was like, all right, okay, let's figure this shit out. So it was like, all right, we're going to make a dojo, and what should we call it? Let's call it Shenglong, and how do you join the dojo, and what are the settings, and all this crap, right? So at the moment, it seems... So I was trying to figure out, like... Well, what are Capcom's goals here, right? What, what are they? What are they doing, right? So I think clearly it's a move to foster. Well, it's two two things are happening, it's right? A long Which play, is long. definitely. Well, there's two things that are happening that are very clever. Okay. Uh, first one is really simple. The more uh, DLC type customization you can introduce into a game that allows you to express yourself is brilliant. Because people that is a financially lap. smart decision. People lap that stuff up. If you're playing Fortnite, buy a dance or whatever the fuck it is you buy in Fortnite, right? You you buy various clothing, you buy this, that, and the other. And then who would have thought fighting games uniquely? You can have your own stage. That's a brilliant idea. It's actually a really good idea, right? So you got your dojo, you got your stage. I'm still un- I'm a little unclear about what's rare and what's not because that would be really good. I would love to know what's rare, right? Because because then when then I could, as a content creator, I can make a video just like the CSGO guys of me hitting up Manat. Every oh, man. Hit, hitting up Manat. Man, it dropped. I can't believe my Trojan horse dropped. Can you believe it? Yeah, right? Oh, and no, then the, that's exactly the air horn I, rips. And then, it, then it's yeah. discovered that you were on the inside the whole time. And Capcom was just you know, giving you those if, to get people were, hype about the Trojan horse. And now they want the Trojan horse. So they're going to put all the money, the fight money, back into the dojos. Right. It's all maybe, a scheme, man. Maybe, maybe it's like a red Trojan horse or something, right? Maybe that's the <laughs> rarest thing you can get. Only one in every thousand people gets it. And that would be like cool for content creators because when they get rest they can uh, they can do these videos my or tanuki has big ball sack your tanuki's ball sack is small so yeah, clearly exactly. i have the rare tanuki so so it's two things are happening right so one thing is that i think they're testing a lot of this stuff to be honest it, because you know right now it's super cheap and right. it's fight money and all that stuff right but i think they've they've been testing us more and more and more and whether they'll turn it into something on street fighter 5 which becomes more of a money maker for them or if they'll introduce it in the next fighting game. But they've been slowly, they've got, you know, got Manat, they've got the dojo, they've got waste, they've got million costumes. They've, I'm sure the next move on costumes will be a lot more customized. There'll be more customization, you know, like Tekken, 
Like it'll be, it'll be like, oh, I can change your hat and I can change your gloves and I can this and that and the other, right? And all of it is about self-expression and fight, fighting games are about self-expression, games are about self-expression. So it all makes sense. And, you know, uh, they are definitely on that, that train, which will eventually end up, it will eventually, I, I would think, end up in a place similar to CSGO or Call of Duty or whatever, where the loot boxes are exciting you know incredibly exciting or whatever and then the second thing that's going on with dojos as far as i can tell is they're trying to create this idea of community maybe rivalry but i think it's community but Mm. at that point i'm a little bit lost because i'm i guess maybe it's me i'm a little bit lost about how we are connecting because if we had a literal dojo where it was like a uh like a lot well i guess it could be, i guess you could have your dojo guys come into a lobby um maybe there's you know maybe when you set up a lobby only people from your dojo could come in i don't know if that's even set up yet I don't, uh, I but don't i imagine so. that would that would be a i imagine that would be a lobby setting right like only dojo members can come into the lobby right that would be good training online training for the dojo it feels like that's gotta happen right doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like online training has got to happen? Event, for, for it has to happen. And my dream scenario is one, okay. and I think yeah. that this might be because they've tied it to a separate website and it's not in-game, I think there might be reason for that, for them to say, okay, we can't have, like maybe we can't do voice chat in this game because PC over PS4 is too complicated and to re recode the game to make that work to have to make voice chat work is impossible. So what if they include some kind of they have to do two things include voice chat in the CFN website which the dojo is in. And then in addition yeah. to that make allow matchmaking from that website. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty because tough, it's man. two not every, different, but not everybody services. has, not everybody has. So the setup, the setup that I'm sitting in front of right now, right, is perfect, right? Because it's a streaming setup. So I have my PC running and I have my PlayStation Four running, right? Mm-hmm. And so it makes, I can make that work. But the majority of people who are just who aren't streamers or whatever. Are they sitting there with like access to the CFN website and access to the PS4? Now, I don't want to. I don't want to sh- listen. I don't want to shit on it because I I actually think it's a very positive move from Capcom. Right. I do think that it's become complicated because it probably should have been in the game from the start, and now hey, don't get me started on that. Yeah. Now it's sort of like it's workarounds, right? Right. It's workarounds. It's that's what it feels like at the moment. They've built because, a boat out of patches to fill all the leaky holes. We, we're no longer in the same boat anymore. It's the... Oh, fuck. What is the name of that boat? What do people call it where you start a journey as the one boat, but by the end of it, you've repaired it so many times it's not made out of the same materials? What's the name of that adage? I have no idea. Somebody in the chat can probably say, but Automatoc said that a mobile app would be useful, and he's right. Someone else brought up, um, Lamar in the chat, that you might be able to also link Discord servers, which is like, it's it's already its own thing, so that actually makes way more sense to me. Just specifically the idea that you can 
get in touch with these people vocally on and also like get in touch with them in a way that you can ping them and say, hey, you, this person, you born free. I am talking to you. Uh, specifically to bring up something like what I through want. The, you mean through the game? Maybe not through the game, but just like a service that is related to the game in some way. Um, maybe right it's now, through the do, website. Right now we can do, you can do that anyway, right? Like kind of, but nah. Kind of, I mean, nah. we can, we can, I can't we can, send you a message, right? I can't, I, I can't in this game send you a message that says, hey, like you can be free in an hour. Well, that's what I'm saying in the game. Yeah, well, that's that. why I'm. That's why no, but that's why uh, what you're proposing. Are you proposing that you can do it from in the game? It's something either because it seems CFN like they're website. setting it up. They're setting up tangentially to the game, right? right. So it'd be on, if it's on the CFM website, it's still not quite in the game. Which do you to know what me I mean? Sounds regardless. What I'm getting to is what I want to see, and I brought this up earlier: a Sherpa situation where someone can say, "I am your." Fighting game Sherpa, uh, I will take any new players and we will do training for X amount of time and we will talk about what we've learned and we do this whole thing and maybe there's like something more set up with like online training and versus like how long you do and maybe the longer you do it, you get either like fight money or dojo points or whatever the fuck that means. Just something that forces players to learn and talk together and gives them an incentive to do so and a way to do so. That's what I want to see. I think that might be possible with some stuff that they might set up, but again, stuff that they might set up, not stuff that's set up right now, but Uh, I don't know if dojos are good. I'll I'll be honest with you. There's been a lot of really good. I'm going to be positive about all this because I think there's been a lot of, Good things happening recently with uh, with Capcom. A lot of interesting announcements. Some of them I don't totally understand, um, but mm-hmm. maybe I will in time. But it feels like there's some positivity. The last update to me was I made a video about it. You know, I thought it was a really good update, and there, we think we even talked about it that you know there, there was a quality of life update in the game, which I thought was really good. Um, dojos seem like they are going towards potentially, you know, more customization, which is always fun, and potentially it's a money maker for capcom right um and then also the idea of community it does feel like they're heading towards the idea of community and potentially rivalry in groups because there's other there's this other barrier that people talk about with fighting games which is eh, it's just you're on your own all the time and yes. that you know the more you create teams and maybe the dojos can have teams and that sort of stuff and they have points and blah 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 I'm not sure how seriously people are going to take those dojo points versus their individuals, but it, it, I think it depends how much Capcom promotes it and how much they make it a big thing and how much they incorporate it potentially in tournaments. Like how much they show maybe, that it matters. Maybe in a year. Yeah, exactly. Maybe in a year, they'll be like the top 10 dojos are going to come out and we're going to have this big tournament, right? Maybe. Which, which, which could be interesting. But then um, you look at like 100 versus 100. Does that make sense? Well, that yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, is it hundred? Is it ten? Is it also but there's a hundred player what, cap? Which... Well, that's why I don't. Uh, that's why I'm not hundred percent sure about the points either. Because it's like if you have ten people in your dojo and somebody else has a hundred people in their dojo. Well, I guess we'll find out about points next week. But the thing that I was kind of and also, uh, why sound... would there be a leaderboard if like you're only if it allows you to set your dojo limit to anything below one hundred? 
I don't, is there going to be I, leagues, dojo leagues of here's your hundred class league, here's your ten class league? I don't know. I I, I don't know the answer, but you're you're asking good questions. But I will say this: I just wanted to really quickly say this. The implementation was pretty successful. Like it was pretty seamless, and we usually don't see that. Yeah, that's you know? true. There was like an hour there around eight eight p.m. Eastern where it was like, whoa, whoa we're kind of broken for a second. Uh, but then but it, I, it cleared I, up within I, like an hour. It was fine. I genuinely was expecting based on previous experiences i was genuinely expecting it to be a clusterfuck like it right. was like the the because it's the it involves the website and it involves the game and it involves them to be being connected right yeah. so i was like ah oh, jesus christ this is going to be this is going to be a night this isn't going to work but yeah, it did you can it, very it, clearly it was, look at that and be like i don't know your track record is not so great <laughs> on this stuff but it worked you know um so i was i was pretty uh I was pretty impressed by that. Like and Capcom, um, some of the frame data you list on your own website is wrong. So how how's this going to work out? That the website's going to talk to the thing. It's going to show up in my game. I'm going to put the feels like, there and I'm going to see it in my like, game. I mean, I know there was, you know, obviously there was this, uh, this move, this guy Riozo who got taken, you know, who, used, who was head of, might still be head of Monster Hunter. I'm not sure, but, you know. Have we talked about this at all? I think I, uh, no, I I briefly mentioned this last week, which was like a very brief show anyway, um, which I guess we can kind of talk about. But this change happened like months ago, right? This was like seven months ago. Yeah, which is about the time frame where changes would start happening now. Specifically, like, we're talking about Ono moving position, not stepping down. I don't think it might have uh, been mean, like I a, think, a, I think they threw a this, lateral this, move. It, so I think the more important thing is they threw, I mean, I don't know what Ono's official title is, to be honest. I think Ono, for a long time, uh, this is hard for me because it's hard looking from the outside in. It's hard but to I parse remember, those titles. Those titles well, I remember are when, fucking... I remember around about 2000, I think it was around, around about 2013 or something like that, when Ono stated in a tweet or something, I'm overworked and I can't remember what he said exactly, but it it was like he suddenly went wildly overboard with his connection to the community, right? So he suddenly opened a Facebook account and he friended everybody, right? And responded to everybody, and he went he responded to everybody on Twitter, and he just made himself very visible to the community. And he was like, it was almost like I just don't remember it that well, but it felt a lot like they're about to fire me, so I'm going to make myself as visible as possible. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, but for I've always wondered about his place these days within Capcom. How does you know? that wear on a person and how, how long can you keep that treadmill yeah. going without taking less responsibilities? Because you've added more responsibilities to your plate by doing that. Yeah, and I, I it, it's interesting because with five, I've always felt like, and again, this is the outside looking in, so none of this is like you know knowledge or anything like that. It's just right. we're just it's conjecture here. But but you know, Ono, it's never really, I've never really felt like Ono has taken ownership of five, you know, like in the way they took ownership of four. Like he doesn't really talk that much about the game in the same way. Maybe uh, you know, like it's his game. Um, so. Regardless, anyway, this guy Riozo got moved over to whatever to 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 
to be in charge, I guess, of the fighting game, uh, the fighting game um, segment of of Capcom, right? Um, and I believe this guy is also this this. There's a family connection which I didn't know about, but yeah, that's the, the part event- where I'm like, hmm, all right. Well, it's okay. interesting. The, the Event Hub's uh, article dug that up, and he's basically like the son of the CEO of Capcom or something like right. that. Nepotism. Um, but it, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder how much more power and st- and budget and how quickly he can get decisions made at the right. top level. I mean, like if your dad is the CEO, you just go, "Can I get this approved?" Brilliant, done. So uh, you know, a four four month process takes like one day. You know, right? And we will um, also never know these details. We never know <laughs> these the details. Public. But 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 I guess the res- what we've seen happen recently. It feels like you can go, well, this thing happened seven months ago, which seemed to be quite important in regards to how they're structured. And now, seven months later, these things are happening, which seem quite positive and pretty pretty well done. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like everyone's got their own point of view on this stuff, right? And But I, I like to try to... You like to think that we're living in the best timeline? I like to think the the I want to always look at something and go with fresh eyes, you know, and go, right. okay, what's happening now, as opposed to where we were two years ago or maybe a year ago or whatever, right? Or you know, like I felt like the release of G and Sagat was one of the strongest releases they've ever had yeah. uh, in regards to characters. I thought G was very well thought out. Very, I thought I honestly, when I first saw G, he was the least interesting character to me. I just thought this guy, I'm so not interested. But then, like when they brought in him and you know his crazy quotes and his mannerisms and his lighted up and like his you know his connection to Q potentially um, and all that stuff, I was like, whoa, this is an interesting character. The whole right? package together was. With Sagat as well. well. Oh, Sagat is so good. Sagat's Sagat so good. is so good. I think Sagat looks great. Uh, I think his he's graphics so are great. There's I some love animation. the part in his story where the mescaline kicks in. It's so good. Man, Sagat is so good in this game. Yeah, it's dope. And then, and then of course, there was a quality of life update, right? So I've already made a video right. on that saying, saying this seems really positive and remind right? the people what quality of life change was made oh so i mean essentially at the end of uh a match a ranked match there is an option to go straight into the training room with the two characters you just had in the match which is really fast way for somebody who wants to level up to take a situation that was bugging them in the match they didn't understand perhaps or they were being spammed against or that's just the basic level right so if i'm playing geef and geef is spamming me with something and i just don't understand how to deal with it i can go straight into the training room which is saves me a lot of time going back in and out of menus and i can just set geef up to do whatever that move is and i can find out how to counter it right right so the point is whenever you're helping the player improve by giving him the tools to improve i think that's really awesome and and important and nobody nobody had asked we've asked for a lot of things right but nobody had asked for that one specific 
update, like that way of doing things. And so somebody, somebody somewhere had gone, I think this would be an awesome thing because they didn't have to add it, right? right? Somebody somewhere said, I think, and it didn't make big news for them either. It wasn't like a big PR move or anything like that. They just they didn't list it in. in the changes, which they right. hadn't it, started listing, listing quality of life changes until this last patch, I believe. I mean, I think it's one of the best quality of life changes I've seen just because I've been wanting two things. One is for things that help players get better. I would also like to be able to go straight into a replay, by the way, yep. because that, that, that's that's really a difficult process. Or Not difficult. take this another level. Let's go galaxy brain on this. Add the replay to the training mode. Add a replay feature. It has all I've, the inputs. I've, yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of galaxy brain stuff about replay modes and, and actually playing them back and stuff. Um, I do but, uh, also want to sidestep a little bit here because Jibo brings up a good point in the chat uh, that if you don't have the character, it presents, it advertises, hey, you don't have this character, buy this character if to go back into training mode. Wait, which I so, so, sorry, actually, if, you, actually, if that, you're in a set against uh, a G and you lose against the G and you want mm -hmm. to go into training mode against G but you haven't bought G... The game will advertise to you, like, buy this character. See, that's the side of it. Is that business decision? That's very smart. But is that what happened? So, so it's apparently what happens. Interesting. Interesting. That's an interesting one. It's, we're in such a strange place with fighting games now where unless you are in 100%, you're kind of not in. You know, like in regards yeah. to the game. So it's like you do have to buy all the characters, otherwise uh you got a you got a you got a problem. You can't lab um, a character if you don't own the character, which is kind of yeah, fucked up. That, I didn't realize up. I actually didn't initially realize that was because I've got all the characters, right? Because right. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I'm interested and I and I buy the characters. So I haven't come across that scenario. But uh I could see people being a bit salty about that scenario given that the character is it's not the it's not like you're give you know it's, it's not like you, you it's not like you're given permission to you're still not given permission to play the character and it's would, true that you can do this in no other fighting game also like this is not new to street fighter that you can't train against characters that you don't own however street fighter is the only game that is really pitched as a service and not just a fighting game mm. right there are I mean, seasons I don't know. to I... this and they're continually adding to this you never have to buy another sheet fighter 5 which is true you don't have oh, to do that right. yes. Yes. other games there's like game. you get the rev 2 you know you get the DLC add to that it's that that's a game that you buy with a package that comes with it yeah it's not well you can earn this character. You can't earn the other those characters in those other games, mostly. There are ways to earn some characters in other games, but there aren't ways to earn every character in that game. You can earn all the characters here. So it it's not entirely nefarious, but they're business and they're trying to make money. They're gonna give a lot of it away here in like two months or so. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> 
it it does suck that you can't train against characters that you haven't bought. It does suck. because because when you train against those characters, you have a limited amount of things you can do. Like in training, like you can you can you know all right, let me try this, but it's not the same as owning them and being able to play as them in matches and stuff like that. So right. I don't know. I kind of would have expected a little bit of leniency on that. I don't know if it's the way the system works, you know, that they literally can't do it um, or, yeah, or whether they, whether they, whether they could do it. It would be, I think it would be nice if you could lab against potentially a character that you don't, that right. you don't own. Or at uh, least at the very, very least let you, cause I think that leaves a bit of a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. To be honest, I think it's like, it's like, Hey, Train, you can totally go and train with this character. You're like, brilliant. And then it's pressed the button and it's like, no, you don't own that character. At the and very like, least, it should let you watch those tutorial videos. But I can, I can fight you, right? So this is why it doesn't make sense to me. I can fight you yep. if you've got a character that I don't own. I've got G. Right. You don't have G. You can fight me. We own the same. So game. I can fight totally you. Cool. So 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 that's cool. You're on screen. I can fight against you. And potentially, if if you and I get together in a lobby, we can practice together, right? So I can do some labbing with you, right? Correct. We were doing. But that for some for some reason, today. but for some reason, I can't do that in the. That sucks. That kind of sucks. Yep. Uh, to be honest. So I can see I could see people getting a bit salty about that. I mean, I th it's kind of funny because well, it's not funny. It's just like it's like one step forward. Sometimes it's like one step forward, two steps back, or something like that. They've created a uh, they've created another problem that they didn't know that they were going to have. Probably, probably. Because I mean, if I don't you know. historically look at it, it's like yeah, fucking obviously, you don't buy the character, you don't get to play the character. Like historically, that makes sense. But you get to play against anybody else who's bought the character, so why can't you play against a dummy? Why can't you? Know, why can't you even watch the dumb tutorial videos? You know those tutorial videos that are in this video game that nobody has watched. I, I, no, I, I think them. you can watch them. You can watch them for fight money, right? Well, you used to be able to watch them for fight money, but you just get experience now, which uh, okay. can be fight money. Uh, okay. And they're for the most part trash, but at least let us watch that trash. Let me see that trash. Wait, you can't watch characters you haven't bought? Nope. Uh... I mean, I know, like, they're bad. Zangief's for season three is just, he has a running bear grab. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, that's I wish they would. They I added a goddamn new move. A new normal they... move and a new special move. None of that. They don't talk about any of that shit. They just say he has he has a Siberian Express. It would be great if in the future they it would be great if they teamed up with some you know good content creators who could help them with uh, with tutorials. And yeah, in, if and only in, we knew someone yeah. who like could write a good tutorial or like figure out a good tutorial, <laughs> like a good way to train. Like if only there was good examples of that out there. Uh, I, it, it's just frustrating that we don't have any of that anywhere. I haven't seen any good 
you know, ways to learn like fighting geef, games. Like, like a geef player or something? A geef main would be, I mean, obviously ideal for to be taught yeah. by a geef main. They're the smartest players out there in my opinion. They are. They are definitely um, the smartest players out there. Uh, yeah, they they're investing for the long haul right now because Geef futures are on the rise. Trust me, folks. They're <laughs> invest in Geef futures because it's gonna be. You'll thank me later. But if only. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's dojos. We don't know if they're good yet or not. They're it's a good sign. I think if least. they impl- if they implement um, online training into dojos, that'd be great. That'd be great. I mean, online training just anyway <laughs> would be great. Right. Uh, but dojos is, it seems like it's trying to tackle a couple of things. Like I said, customization, which is potentially a moneymaker, uh, but also people like customization. It's, it's like I said, it's, it's uh, your way of expressing yourself, which I think is great. Um, and then, of course, it seems like it's trying to bring a community together online. I just, I just, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, damn, I wish two years ago they had allowed us to just talk to each other online right? or message each other us online Anything. or have an online, online, any uh, kind of human to human interaction, which is something that is so unique and so necessary for fighting games. Human to human interaction is the core of what makes fighting games good. Well, I mean, I've said it before when I interviewed Kami, he brought it to life for me as a real life story. He was, he was like, I was like, how'd you get in fighting games? He, you know, and part of his story was I played smug online before he was smug. He was called something else. And, uh, he was pretty good. I think they were B players or something. And he was like, I messaged him after the match and said, listen, uh, could you teach me X, Y, and Z? I can't remember exactly the specifics, but then they started talking. Then they would start hanging out in online lobbies. Right. So they became friends, online friends. Then Punk came into the mix, by the way. These three guys have known each other forever online. Uh, in fact, he'd been talking to Punk for like seven years or something. Uh, seven years? Maybe seven years. And last year, believe it or not, is the first time Kami ever met Punk in person. Um, but these guys used to hang out in their lobbies, get stronger and stronger together as their own little online community and now they're all pro players right so like if that's not like a strong ass story about the about how amazing it is to be able to freely communicate with each other online i don't know what is so yeah i mean i think that capcom is recognizing that now and trying to make something happen and maybe it's via dojos um but i do i do wonder if the system is too far gone with the crossplay to introduce um communication it would be wonderful if they could but i just don't know if it's going to happen yeah they're definitely going in the correct direction i mean if you watch the the capcom connect which was fuck was that just the other day was that just yesterday my my sense of time is all buck wild uh but the capcom connect was earlier this week and it was just people hanging out having a good time talking about street fighter stuff it it was a very encouraging stream i think and definitely worth worth the watch on the replays oh uh, okay um yeah unfortunately I didn't, I, I didn't get a chance to tune in but um i thought what was good was the uh i got a lot of 
people sending me messages, creators actually, who got highlighted. Yes. And um, I thought that was really great. It's a good thing that they're saying, hey, the community is doing cool stuff. Like, let's give. But but also, but also, but also, you are part of the community. Yeah. Which they had done along at the beginning of Street Fighter Five. I go on and on and on. It's one of my favorite actual pieces of advertising for Street Fighter Five. Uh, but there's an ad, they, they, a video that they did, which had two things in it. One was that everybody's accepted into the FGC who, you know, artists like freaking um, uh, the people who make music, like, like all these creative people, right? Mm-hmm. Not just that, you know, that you, you can be part of this group. Um, you, don't, you don't necessarily have to be... Uh, a top competitor you can you can find ways to contribute and be part of it and all that sort of stuff and also part of that commercial was also about how hard it is to actually be to be the best which was like someone telling the truth you know someone actually said instead of saying you can anyone can win it was actually like this advert was actually this this guy going through a journey of training and training and he had this voiceover in it and it was didn't even say street fight five it just had the logo at the end but it was this idea of training and training and failing and training and failing and, you know, it being a journey, which I thought was really interesting. But I do like that idea because the community is made up of a lot of different people. Yep. You know, I'm one of them. You know, like, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not out there winning tournaments, but I, I really like tournaments and I really like the players and I'm really interested in the players and that's why I do interviews and then I'll sometimes do skits and stuff like that and there's people on line or making you know there's so much to the community beyond just that top level right yeah and i i think that was that would to me was the main thing i didn't sadly i didn't get to see the actual show but that's what i got sent a lot of people sent me like hey i was featured on capcom connect you know and hey that's fucking right yeah i thought that was they're even like acknowledging that there's all of this roots that are here they're building up here's the thing so i'm going to tie these two things together because i see people talking about this in the chat we can't ignore it um and you should watch both of these things but or listen to because it was a podcast event hubs had mike ross on their podcast uh some of the things that he said i mean he has he still has so much influence over the community it's fucking ridiculous Uh, (laughs) it does it's true (laughs) it, it it fucking blows my mind for someone who was at the top level and had a lot of access to ways to build up people from beneath instead just like fucking peaced out and then comes in every once in a while just like say some shit and talk about guilty gear and that's fine and that's good like a lot of things he says are like some good good shit but what his whole philosophy misses out on is that he has this extremely narrow vision of here's what this was in esports and this was what this was and so I don't want to be a part of that, which like fully disregards all of like the, the people who are meeting up for locals, like the people who are like making art for street fight like, <laughs> for the FGC, like the people who are just putting in work without expecting anything else in return. And like, there's a t- fuck ton of those people as it turns out, there's so many of them. There's so many of them that like those people truly make up at least what I give a fuck about of the FGC and like so that's what it felt like this show was trying to support is like here's the people and like the 
the things that are making moves within the community that are really not connected to that top down level of of esports that we're used to watching or like used to watching streams and then them pitching well check out this stick that we have or check out this merch that we have um look at this sick chair that i'm sitting in you might have that but also like they're talking about like things at a local level and that that excites me i like that that we we miss out on so much of that when we just look at it from those mainline storylines of we're up here going week to week at the, we're the best of the best tournaments, which everyone is fucking burnt out on. No one, it's hard to give a fuck about, but like show me that Capcom proper is showing off people's artwork or showing like a, a tweet that automatic made about some Sagat tech. Oh, they showed, they showed it. Did they do that? Yeah, they showed specifically the one where it is like extremely, maybe not extremely, but like you have to be a certain distance from the corner for this particular setup to work and spend. Ah, cool. Yeah, like without even so they, needing they to spend bar, they, you do a fuck it ton sounds of like they, It's very fucking rad. It is. It very sounds like they, yeah, it just sounds like they definitely thought about all the different creators and uh, and wanted to give them, I mean, props, right? Right. But the thing is, that same week, you have Mike Ross go on a podcast and just say, man, I'm just out of it. Wait, no, hold on. Here's here's more accurate. Man, I'm just like out of it. It's just like I saw things from the esports level from top down. I can't. I still want to be a part of that. So, yeah, I'm playing Guilty Gear. I mean, look... With Mike, he always supported me a like, lot. Again, not I'm not trying to like throw shade on the guy at all and say he was like this he was bad. Like incredibly influential for the community. Got so many people involved within the FGC. It is bananas. People still want to go and thank that man for oh, being yeah. like there in on the community. And I get it. Like like well, mad you, props to the mean, thing I, I that understand. he built. I understand what you're saying, right? So you, you've basically got two things going on and they, they're kind of contrasting each other. Um, and like, yeah. And I, like Capcom, like fucked him pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. And way. I think and that Twitch, he was, I think he was pretty clear about it being, these are my decisions. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you do you, I'll do me. And if you want to know about me, here is my thing. Right. Uh, what you have, which you know has n- n- uh, very little to do with him, is yes. is other people yes. who are like, okay, who um, take that this- and turn it like alchemy, like uh-huh. into like sage advice. Where his like he li- he literally says in that podcast, like, no, I'm I am just gonna do me, and like if that's what you like, that's cool, and like that part of it. That when he says that is what people should be listening to. Go, oh yeah, no, like I I do what I I like what I like, but instead, people like kind of turn those words and use them to be, I don't know, outraged. Well, they do. I mean, this is not. I mean, nothing. None of this is new, right? I mean, basically, um, I guess there are people who you know, there are people who are still very upset about the game right 
It's a divisive game. There are a number of people like that within the community. Um, and, you know, even uh, when the game launched, we, you know, Reddit Street Fighter stood up and said, okay, well, you know, the game is launched, but we need these 10 things kind of it's, dealt it with. It is bad fixed. for this, no. this, in this region. Right. Reason. These things, these things need to be sort of fixed, right? So, Reposted you know. that today. It's going on strong. Are you reposted it? Yeah. Uh, nearly yeah. fucking three. I keep saying I remember, two, I remember, but it's like nearly I remember, three years. Now. I remember Haunts responding once and saying, all right, it was the first time I think they'd ever responded. Right. And Haunts responded and said what he could say, which was, this has not gone unnoticed and we sent it to Japan or something like that. That's yeah, how it that, kind of... That, that was the public possibly. messaging behind that. I it have a little much. bit more we, I'm talking to, but that was the message and that's right. enough. So, um, so I, I think it's just the natural way of things that, uh, that when you have iconic people drop out and occasionally just speak up and try to be as responsible as they can in regards to like, this is just me. Like, you do what you want to do. But if you really want to hear from me, here we go. And if you really want to hear what I think, here we go. But this is me and you do you. And that's the bit that uh, often doesn't get get heard, I guess. Or at least get reflected in the community. There's just I feel like there's just so many people out there who are like not I just feel like there's a lot of people who are not intent with doing themselves. I just, or I think, themselves I, I think, is a nightmare person. I don't want to fucking talk to them. I mean, I think everybody just has... To, this is what everyone has to learn. They have to do themselves. I, I get really irritated by mobs. Uh, I understand... I totally, I've done this so many times in so many videos, I, I don't really want to go over it again, but I actually understand the whole, the backlash, I understand why it happened, I understand why it had to happen, I understand why it happened so viciously. Yeah. Uh, I get it, because when you're shouting into a void, then you're trying, then you, the next place you go is like, we've got to hit them in the in their pockets, which which just creates all sorts of shit, right? You've, you've gone through it on our Street Fighter, uh, because you get blamed for putting money into the pockets of people who are uh, who, who are considered to be delivering mediocrity, and they're going to keep doing it if you keep putting the money in their pockets, right? Uh, that whole story, I get it. Like, I totally get it. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I I wish more people would. And this is just the world we live in with social media. I just wish more people would think for themselves and go, mm -hmm. "All right, well, here's the things I like, and here's the things I don't like." That's why I always ask people in interviews when I'm talking about Street Fighter Five. What do you like, and what do you want to see improved? Like, like outside that's the of options. games, what do you like? Those, but but just like in terms of the game itself, let's talk right. about the game. These are these are two things, right? You don't you don't necessarily you're playing it, so like it, you know maybe you're playing it just for the money. I don't know, but or or maybe there are some things that you and maybe there are some things you'd like to see improved. And um, I think it's important to take a step back and sort of go. Do I want to jump on this train with all these other people? This fucking, you know, with the, what do you call it when they walk? <laughs> fucking torches, right? The, like when everyone's got the torches and they're all, that's the, what the social media mobs are like, right? Oh, so it's like, oh, fuck me. Let, let me get, torches, yeah, pitchforks, yeah. does it? Let me get in on this. But, uh, but I don't know. I think I, uh, me personally, I try push out content where I go, all right, I like this and this, but, you know, from my perspective, I would love to see X, Y, Z. Right. You know, and 
maybe that's not as exciting for people. Maybe it's not as dramatic for people or whatever. But I do, I definitely condone the message, I'll do me, you do you, you know? Uh, And I I think, you know. And I think that that's that's a good part to end on. I think that 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 wraps things up pretty well. We've run on for about two hours now, which is one hour over where I typically like to be. Yeah, that's about one hour. That's what uh, no one's going to. Only the no. people in the chat have been uh, who've been in and out have listened to this. I I, I don't know who's yeah, going to. You've actually you've, re- you've grown in in viewers this entire time. Yeah, it's I know. only going. This train's only going up. The longer we talk, if we talk for another hour, you're going to get at least two dozen more viewers. Oh, I've actually been trying to figure out whether it's the West Coast are more into streaming because I actually think they are. Yeah, probably. I think West Coast is more into streaming. So I think when you hit the time where the West Coast drops in, so it's 7 p.m. now in the West Coast, right? Yeah. People getting home yeah. from work. So I've wanted to like catch the Europeans and the That'd East Coasters and then the West Coasters, right? But it's always, I, it always seems to be, a, you know, you're better off living on West Coast time and probably better off living on the west coast so you're on west coast time for streaming um but i might be wrong i don't know but the west coast is west coast is definitely fighting games west coast is japanese stuff west coast is streaming um so that's why i think uh but also you know i've got this wonderful collaboration going on with you so uh that that's probably like i'll probably when you leave they'll be like i'm probably sure everybody else will go running off (laughs) All right. Well, please run along, viewers, or stick around. I can't tell you because you actually have gone up in viewers by the time we started this. I'll anecdote. probably just play. I'll probably just the play time that we started this anecdote to where we've ended. You actually have gone up. <laughs> no, I know it's awesome. It's like it's so awesome to see people in the chat as well going, going, mm. uh, having their going nuts. And well, doing folks, their thing. that's a show. Uh, again, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Mark, born free. Thank you for being part of the show. Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, I keep forgetting this is your podcast, even though we're on my, <laughs> we're on my, we're on my stream. I'm gonna hit your, stop record at some podcast. point. I'm gonna hit that so, stop point at some point so, because I'm talking to these the people in chat who are already here. It's uh, buck wild. So people can find me. Uh, the easiest way is born free tweets. Uh, born free tweets on the on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one that everyone remembers. People sometimes actually call me "born free tweets," which is really weird. That's to me at least. Okay. Uh, okay. But um, but then of course on Twitch is "born free Twitch" because Skull I'm highly people. highly original, <laughs> highly original with my systematic naming. Yeah, you things. just add the name of the service after the name, so it's "born free." There's Twitch, actually a few services: "born free with... Reddit," "born free actually... YouTube," "born free Grinder." It's the whole thing. There's... Right. There's actually a few services that won't allow you to use their name in your username. The, I believe oh, no it's Play, PlayStation won't. Uh, so uh, I, yeah, I, you can't make Street Fighter Dojo. By the way, you can't make Street. You can't. You can't make Street Fighter. Oh, Dojo. you can't make Street Fighter Dojo. Because I tried to do our Street Fighter, and then it was like, uh, nah. Not even that it wasn't available because it's not available. Uh, because I searched for it, you just can't make it. You just can't make it. You can't. You can't be Street Fighter Dojo. You, yeah, you, you can't have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't have PlayStation in your name because I'm sure somebody would have. But, but PlayStation sucks or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um. So. Be, so I control so that I, branding, dog. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, generally speaking, I usually just shove the name of the service at the end of my. I just put "born free something." And you can find me at Super Joe Monday on Twitter or at Red SF if you want to hit up the official uh, Twitter account for Reddit, or if you just want to hop on Reddit and hit up user Joe underscore Monday. That's a wrap, folks. Again, it has been a pleasure. Born free talking to you. Thank you for this long, long episode after that little short, short hop I did in London. But hey, folks, until next time, we'll be back again next week. Don't forget about the Monday and Friday tournament, which are still rolling strong. We will see you again next Thursday on another edition of RSF Radio. But until then, take care, folks. Peace. <laughs>